Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Shepherd Jacob. Welcome to my field. I take it you're here this morning to learn about my sheep. Yes, sheep. I have been working with sheep uh, for most of my life now, ever since my parents bought a farm and we started raising sheep. These are some of our sheep. Now, there's, uh, there's a lot that you can learn by observing sheep. Now, there are all kinds of sheep. There are a lot of different sheep. Uh, there are like a billion sheep in the world. So there's plenty that we could talk about this morning. Uh, but what we're really going to look at is what the Bible has to say about sheep. Because that's really the kind of sheep that we really want to be making sense of this morning. The sheep talked about in Scripture. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about sheep. The Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, uh, talks a lot about God's people as sheep. For example, Isaiah 40 says, God will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are young. In the New Testament also, the second part of the Bible, God talks about his people like sheep. Jesus talks about his followers like sheep. For example, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Bible talks a lot about sheep. In fact, the Bible says so much about sheep that it would probably be a good idea, if your church were ever to do a sermon series on what the church was meant to be, uh, it would probably be good for your church to do a, a sermon on the flock of God. So, this morning, we are going to be looking at sheep. We're going to be learning from sheep. And uh, as we do that, I'm very thankful that you've chosen to come to my field to learn about sheep this morning. Now, I've got to be honest. I really hope I'm not offending you by calling you sheep. Because it's a little offensive to be called a sheep. I don't know if you know a whole lot about sheep. Um, but they're not <clears throat> super intelligent in fact, uh, when left to their own devices, sheep make a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> it's a little shepherd's humor there for you. Don't think mutton about it. <laughs> Poor Kelsey's up here like, please don't ram any more sheep puns down our throat. All right, we're done. We're done. That's it. <clears throat> if, you don't, if you don't know much about sheep, let me tell you about sheep. Uh, sheep are not super smart. Sheep are panicky. They smell funny. Sheep will run away and not come back. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, for example, says that we, like sheep, have all gone astray, and that's very true of sheep. Sheep wander off a lot. If you ever keep sheep, they will let you know if you have a problem with your fence by being in someone else's field. There's a lot about sheep that's maybe not great. The thing that drives me the most crazy about sheep is that they're like toddlers. They will put anything in their mouth. Can this go in my mouth? Yeah, I can eat this. No, stop eating the balloon. <laughs> sheep are trouble. They get hurt a lot. They get sick a lot. And as a friend of mine is fond of saying, a, sh a sick sheep is a dead sheep. So don't let your, your sheep get sick. All in all, sheep take a lot of work. They're, they're really hard to take care of. 
And so while sheep might be, they might seem cute and cuddly to those of you who have never had sheep, the truth is sheep aren't that great. So I apologize for calling you sheep this morning. But even if sheep aren't great, that's okay. Because the shepherd who takes care of them often is. You see, all of those negative things that I just shared about sheep, all of the uh, lack of intelligence that we get to deal with, all of the panickiness, all of the propensity to go get sick and die, all of those negative things about sheep, they can be fixed. They can be remedied by a good shepherd, by a shepherd who takes care of his sheep. That's what a good shepherd is, someone who keeps his sheep safe and keeps them healthy. And the good news for us this morning is, of course, that we have a good shepherd. God is a good shepherd. One of the most famous passages in the Bible anywhere is all about God being a good shepherd. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God is a good shepherd. And we sheep, we panicky, not always intelligent sheep, we're called to follow the good shepherd. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow our shepherd. The church is meant to follow the good shepherd. Because even when we act like sheep, even when we don't make wise decisions, even when we panic, even when we eat things we shouldn't, God is a good shepherd who cares for us. Now, there are a whole host of things that we can explore this morning as we think about the church as a flock. There's a whole lot of things that we can learn about ourselves and our world and our church from looking at sheep. But what I want to do is I want to look at a couple facts about flocks, a couple things about sheep that can help us understand the sheep that we are meant to be and the church that we are meant to be. And so the first fact I want us to look at this morning is that sheep face predators together. Sheep face predators together. Alone, a sheep is pretty vulnerable. There's not a whole lot on a sheep that is uh, good for offense or good for defense. Uh, sheep have to band together in order to survive predators. Jesus knows this. Uh, Jesus knows a lot of things, as it turns out, but he knows this thing in particular. And so he says to his sheep in Matthew, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, there's a lot uh, going on in this passage, but I want to note two things for you. Uh, the first is that Jesus is, Jesus is talking about sheep in the plural. He's talking about all y'all sheep. Sheep are never just alone. It's always multiple sheep together. Sheep don't do anything by themselves. They always do things with other sheep. So when Jesus is talking about sheep going into the midst of wolves, he's talking about all of us going with one another. And the second thing to note from this verse is that sheep face wolves. Sheep face predators. They face problems. In ancient Israel, there were a lot of things that would try to eat sheep, perhaps none more worrisome than the wolf. 
And the reason a wolf is so dangerous is there's not really a defense against a wolf. Even when sheep get together, there's only so much biting and kicking and headbutting that sheep can do to protect one another. In fact, wolves are such good predators of sheep that they actually know that you have to herd sheep back and forth and back and forth until you separate a sheep from the flock. And then the wolf can go do what a wolf does to a sheep. And sheep know this. So sheep try to stick together. They try to band together so that they can face predators. I remember one time when my family uh, decided to keep more than just sheep for food. We'd raised uh, sheep to eat for a long time. We said, hey, let's, let's, let's expand the farm. Let's, uh, let's get some wool sheep. And so we got some wool sheep. We got uh, a type of sheep called a merino. We got a ram and three ewes. And my siblings and I, we had a great time naming our ram Dan the Merino. (laughs) Here's Dan. Kind of cute. But uh, I remember the first time I went into the pen with uh, the sheep. Now, they had lived together, so they were already a flock. Uh, They were already banding together. And I went in uh, one day to fix their uh, fence in their pen. And out of the corner of my eye, I noticed the flock coming at me. Uh, And this was a little concerning to me because typically sheep are timid, at least at first. Uh, And so I turned to look at the flock and they were charging me. All of, all four of them coming at me. Uh, They perceived me as a threat. They didn't want me to be in their pen. And so they were coming to face me together. Now, Dan, Dan was actually a pretty good sized ram. Uh, And so when he asked me to leave, I left very quickly. (laughs) But I never forgot that lesson, the lesson that sheep face threats together. And that's a lesson that the church would be wise to learn as well, because the church should face threats and difficulties together. We should stick together. We should be unified. Now, I know some of you are following the uh, ongoing kerfuffle between John MacArthur and Beth Moore, where there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of division among Christians. But that's not what we're supposed to do as part of the sheep of God's flock. We're supposed to stick together. We're supposed to be unified. We're not supposed to let fights and quarrels come between us. We're not supposed to let the green pastures of somebody else's field distract us. We're not supposed to let the smelliness of our fellow sheep make us think that we can do better out on our own. We're supposed to stick together. The church needs to stick together. We need to extend grace to one another. We need to recognize that when we face challenges to our faith or our flock, we do better together. Because like sheep, the church was meant to face predators together. The second fact that you need to know about flocks is that sheep follow their shepherds. Sheep follow their shepherds. Sheep need shepherds, and shepherds are the people who are trained and equipped to protect and provide for their sheep. They're the people who care for sheep, who uh, protect them from predators, who make sure they have the things that they need. And in the church, we also need shepherds, leaders who are equipped and trained to protect and provide for the flock. 
people who can care for one another, who can make sure that no one, no one is lost to a predator. And the New Testament is very explicit about this, that the organization of the church should involve shepherds. Peter, for example, says this to leaders in one of his letters. He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Likewise, in Acts 20, when talking to the Ephesian, uh, the leaders of the Ephesian church, Paul says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he has obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Therefore, be alert. The church needs shepherds, people who can care for the flock of God. And according to Scripture, there are a variety of people who should fill this role. There are elders and deacons, and if you don't know what an elder or a deacon is, you can come ask me afterwards. But basically, an elder or a deacon is someone who is tasked with oversight and leading ministry in the church. But there are other roles in the church that are tasked with shepherding as well, including that of pastor. Pastor, that's even what the pa word pastor means. The English pastor comes from the Latin word <clears throat> pastor, which just means shepherd. That's what a pastor is, a shepherd. That's what Matt and Jeremy and Jason and I are called to do. We're called to shepherd the flock of God here at Rooftop. And in response, like real sheep, a flock should follow their shepherds. They should listen to and respect and submit to the shepherds that God has placed over them. Now, I'm going to be very honest. Shepherds are not always perfect. I don't know if you've caught that about Matt, Jeremy, Jason, and I, but we're not flawless. In fact, far too often, we mess up and we hurt our sheep. It's kind of like when shepherds shear sheep. Now, if you don't know, the process of shearing a sheep, taking the wool off a sheep, is actually very important. If a sheep does not, is not regularly shorn, if it doesn't have its wool taken off regularly, uh, it's, it actually affects the quality of life of the sheep. It prevents the sheep from uh, being able to breathe or eat or sleep or do normal, happy, healthy sheep things. Shearing is important. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I was reading a story about a sheep who had escaped from his shearers multiple years, and he ended up looking like this. This is Shrek. That's his name. Uh, Shrek might look funny, but this is actually really dangerous for Shrek. It's not good that he's carrying all this wool around, and fortunately, he was caught, and he was uh, sheared, and, and everything is okay now. But the process of shearing is important and necessary for the health and care of a sheep. But sometimes shearing doesn't go the way a shepherd wants it to. 
I remember one of the first times that I was shearing one of our lambs. Um, uh, the first time he'd ever been shorn, and uh, I was almost done. I was I had done most of his body, and I was getting to his leg, and he decided, hey, it's time for me to go now. I'm going to leave, and I gashed him real good in the leg. Uh, it was not great. Uh, I went, ah, and the sheep went, bah! <laughs> extremely traumatic for the sheep and for me. And... Uh, I just, I felt terrible, right? I had to, had to take care of his leg, had to give him antibiotics, had to make sure that he was okay and he was going to grow and be normal. But I just felt, I just felt awful that I had hurt this poor little lamb because all I wanted to do was help him. And sometimes the same things happen in the church. Sometimes shepherds gash their sheep. We don't mean to. We're just trying to help but we screw up, and we hurt our sheep. And if I or any other shepherd has ever done that to you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we've hurt you, because that's not what we're supposed to do, and that's not what we've intended to do. I hope you can forgive us. Because shepherds don't always actually help their sheep. But, and please hear this clearly. Just because we've been hurt by the process of shearing does not mean that we cannot be sheared anymore. Just because we've been hurt at some point in the past because of a shearing does not mean that we, can't be, we shouldn't be sheared anymore. Because God calls us to follow our shepherds to submit to our shepherds, to accept the correction that they sometimes bring. Because that's what we need as sheep. And I'm going to be honest, I sometimes don't like this. I don't like to be shepherded sometimes. I don't always like to follow people. I want to do my own thing. But that's not what we're supposed to do. As Christians, at least sometimes, we're supposed to be followers. And so my challenge for you this morning is this. Where do you need to do a better job of following your shepherds? Where do you need to submit? Maybe it's an attitude thing or a lifestyle thing. Maybe it's how you handle your money or how you make decisions. Where do you need to do a better job of following your shepherds? I know it's hard. It's hard in our independent and choice-driven culture. It's hard because we know our shepherds are imperfect people and we see them screw up all the time. But as part of the flock of God, this is one of the things we're called to. To submit. To follow. To die to ourselves. And to follow the people that Jesus has given us as shepherds. No matter how imperfect they are. And a third fact that you need to know about flocks is that sheep will follow their... Well, sheep will listen to and follow their chief shepherd. 
Sheep will typically listen to anyone who uh, carries one of these, who carries a staff around. Anyone who's loud enough or has a staff or a dog, sheep are going to listen to. But sheep will also oftentimes have a special relationship with one particular shepherd. It might be uh, similar to how your dog or your cat behaves, right? If they have a very specific, special relationship with one person in your family. Sheep do that too. Sheep have a favorite, preferred shepherd. And how that applies to the church is that even though we all have multiple shepherds, there's one shepherd in particular that we need to make sure we're listening to. And that is, of course, the chief shepherd of the church, the good shepherd, Jesus. We have to make sure we're listening to many shepherds, but we need to listen first and foremost to our good shepherd. Jesus has this to say in the Gospel of John about his shepherding. He says, The sheep hear the good shepherd's voice, and he calls to his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Like sheep who hear and respond to their chief shepherd, those of us who follow Jesus need to hear and respond to our good shepherd. We're supposed to know him in the way that he knows us. I remember the first time that any of the sheep I owned listened to me and followed my voice. After weeks and weeks of feeding them and watering them every day, of checking on them, of making sure they were okay, of, of begging them to love me, uh, eventually, uh, when I came out and I started talking to them, they didn't run away. They actually came towards me. It was great. It was a great feeling. It accepted me. And it made caring for them so much easier because I didn't have to go chase them down. I didn't have to worry that they had escaped and wandered off somewhere. All I had to do was speak. And they would hear me. And they would follow me. Do you know your shepherd's voice well enough to recognize when he's calling to you? Do you know your shepherd's voice? Can you recognize when the good shepherd is speaking to you? Are you listening to him? Are you following him? Not just hanging out nearby, doing your own thing, and checking social media until you need him. Are you actually following the good shepherd? Because Jesus really is a good shepherd who's worthy of us following him. He does all the things that a good shepherd does. He takes care of his sheep and he protects them. He's even gone so far to do the thing that any really, truly good shepherd would do, and that is lay down his life for his sheep. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 10, that the good shepherd lays down his life. He dies for 
his sheep. And it's really intriguing to me that if you get on social media, or you get on the news, or you're listening to the radio, where we as a culture, we are obsessed with stories of sacrifice, of people giving up something for the sake of someone else, of someone maybe even being willing to die on behalf of someone else. And, and we should be. Sacrifice is amazing. Giving something of yourself uh, for the sake of another person, that is an amazing act of love. But as Christians, we've got to remember that all of those sacrifices point us to Jesus' sacrifice. The sacrifice of our good shepherd. First Peter puts it this way. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. When we were wandering, when God could have abandoned us, he didn't. The good shepherd came to gather us and to die for us, to make it so that we don't have to be wandering stupid sheep anymore, to make it so that we can be more like him. Jesus' death is what makes him the good shepherd. And when you follow him, you have a good shepherd who doesn't just care for you on earth, but he cares for you for eternity. And so I want to leave you with this very simple question this morning, and that is very simply, are you following the good shepherd? Are you following the good shepherd? Are you one of his sheep? Do you belong to his flock? Because all you have to do to join his flock is ask. So make the decision to follow the good shepherd, to be cared for by him, to be shorn by him, to be loved by him. Make the decision today to trust the good shepherd. And as we go out from this place, as you go home, and as I go back to my field and watching my sheep, don't forget that we, like sheep, are meant, we are designed, we are intended to follow the good shepherd. The church was meant to follow the good shepherd. That's what we try to do here at Rooftop. So don't be afraid to join our smelly little sheep pen filled with imperfect sheep and imperfect shepherds who are just trying to follow our great and good shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to be our good shepherd. To be a shepherd so good that he literally died to save us. To save us his dumb, panicky, self-centered, and smelly sheep. Father, forgive us for being sheep for being so caught up in our own self-absorption and sinfulness that we neglect to be the flock that you meant us to be. Empower us to stick together, to follow our shepherds, and to follow you, our good shepherd.
Help us not just to focus on our fields and our wants, but to follow you wherever it is that you lead us. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our good shepherd and the savior of our souls.